This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. We got to get to Joe G appearing on the Roman guest line. He is Joe Gilio, co-host of BetQL Daily, Daily, immediately after us with Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth. You can hear him on WIP in Philadelphia weekday evening. So, Joe, the big topic of conversation, of course, Clayton Kershaw getting yanked during that perfect game. Would you have stayed in if you had a perfect game going through seven innings? So I think if it was me, guys, I would have tried to stay in the game, like if, uh, just putting myself in that position. But I think the Dodgers did the right thing yesterday. I think Dave Roberts did the right thing. Yeah, he had thrown more than 57 pitches in any spring training game. So he was at 80, right? If we just kind of do the math a little bit here, you know, let's say he continues to stay perfect. It probably would have taken over 100 to finish it or right around 100. We're talking about almost double what he's done so far. And this is a guy that's missed time. He missed the postseason last year because of an elbow injury that just didn't heal. And, and I just, you know, I, we always think about the best case scenario. Like, oh, he finishes the game, he doesn't get hurt. And that, that makes us happy. Like, oh, he'll have a perfect game and all this is for nothing. But I remember back, I think it was like 2012, Johan Santana, who wasn't quite Kershaw, but he was, he was a great pitcher in his own right. Uh, Terry Collins was the manager of the Mets then. And uh, the Mets had never had a no-hitter in their history. And they let Santana continue to pitch well above his pitch count for whatever that day was to finish a no-hitter. He got it, and then he hurt his shoulder the next start. He was never the same. And I always, I always think about that because we think of the best, and I think Dave Roberts has to think about the worst. I, I think they did the right thing yesterday. And Chelsea, I'm with you. He, he, I'm sure he had some input on that. Joe, so let me follow up with that. It's KJ here. Um, so you say the worst case scenario. I'm one of those that believes that if you think the worst is going to happen, the worst will happen. Do you think this is for an upstairs decision or Dave Roberts' decision? Do you think the analytics department decided? Because this isn't the first time he did this. He just also did this with Rich Hill uh, a mm-hmm. few years back when Rich Hill got to 89 pitches and probably ruined Rich Hill's chance at getting his own Disney movie. So do you think it's the analytics that made that decision more than Dave Roberts'? Uh, yeah, I would, I would say yes. I mean, I'm sure it's not happening in the game. I doubt Dave Roberts has a, a phone or an iPad talking to Andrew Friedman up in the, wherever he is, even if he's in the game, at the game in Minnesota, he probably wasn't for the first road trip. But there's probably a pregame thing that's planned out, right, with, with Friedman, the doctors, the trainers, Kershaw, like, hey, your 70's the limit today, or whatever the number they decided on before the game. And then I think it's on the manager to kind of massage that a little bit, like, all right, it's the sixth inning, it's two outs, you're at 70, you, you finish the inning, and you go a little above it. But, yeah, I don't think he has the leeway or, or shouldn't have the leeway to just say, we're going to 100 today because it's the perfect game. I, I think Kershaw's too important to that franchise and, um, and, and their season. I mean, they need him more than they need a perfect game if they're going to win a World Series. We're talking with Joe Giglio, co-host of BetQL Daily, who is on right after our show uh, with Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth. Joe, let's pivot to the NBA and the play-in games. I think for a lot of people aren't moving the needle, but I will say for the Hawks, it is a team who went deep in the postseason last year. They're getting healthier. Red Velvet was big. Kevin Herter coming off a a season where he's been hurt a lot. And Trey Young, despite starting this game ice cold, this was a convincing win over the Hornets. Should we read in too much when it comes to the Atlanta Hawks and the chances that they have at maybe making a run in the playoffs? Uh, well, I think last year and what they were able to do kind of gives you a little bit of pause before you just kind of you know knock them out of your bracket as you look at them um, and where they'll be, assuming that they get through and let's say they're the eighth seed here and then they take on 
the Miami Heat. I think it'd be easy to just say, yeah, I mean, come on, they're the eighth seed, whatever. But that memory of last year has got to stick. And you mentioned Red Velvet there. I mean, Kevin Herter is just money in the postseason. We know Trey Young uh, is a great player. And they have some... They have some tough guys on that team uh, that, that add some, you know, some physicality down low. That will not be an easy series for Miami if it ends up being the Hawks and the, um, and the Miami Heat. But ultimately, I, I, just, I think that this will be a one-and-done kind of scenario for Atlanta. This year won't be another magical run. But last year certainly gives me pause before I just totally knock them out. So, Joe, I, let me ask you this in terms of the Cavs because I, the, the Cavs team – is a team that started off hot and people didn't believe they continue to be hot. And people didn't believe. Do you see a path for them, which people feel would be an upset over Atlanta at home in Cleveland? Yeah, they could win the game. I mean, Darius Garland is an, a, an amazing young player. Actually reminds me of Kyrie Irving, the way he hits the basket whenever he wants. They have home court advantage. As you, as you, you said there, they have a little bit of extra rest because their game was first during this week. So they could absolutely win the game. I'd feel way better about Cleveland, and who knows, maybe Cleveland wouldn't be in this spot if they didn't have the injuries they had late in the season. I mean, this is not the same Cavaliers team that was the best cover team in the NBA probably first two months that totally exceeded expectations that if you took their win total over, you were celebrating probably by February. This is not that same team anymore. Uh, the injuries down low have, have kind of ruined what they had, but they're, they're certainly on the upswing. It wouldn't surprise them, wouldn't shock me if they won the game. If I had to pick, I would pick Atlanta with their experience to try young to win this game. But, but Cleveland is certainly uh, uh, you know, live to, to get this game and, and get the eight seed. All right, Joe, you're a Philly guy. So we've got to ask you about the Sixers and the Raptors. You have expressed your concern for the Sixers when they go to Toronto, just because Matisse Thibel will not be able to play because he's unvaccinated. But the first game of the series, I believe, is in Philadelphia. So looking at these home games for the Sixers, Sixers laying four and a half, I believe, in the first game set for Saturday. Do you still think that the Sixers get it done when they're at home? Do you think they have a much better chance? Uh, certainly much better chance at home. And uh, I, I think they, they could be the right side in game one. But overall for the series, Chelsea, I am, I am significantly worried for the Sixers' chances. I, I think they are going the wrong way as we enter the postseason. I look at this series, I, the Matisse thing you, you brought up, which is, is significant. And it's just awkward. Like, think about rotations and how Doc Minutes might, might dole out minutes and try to attack the Raptors in games one and two. And if something kind of clicks, he's got to go away from that because he doesn't have that player for game three and four. And then all of a sudden in game five, he's back. It's, it's a very awkward, weird kind of situation for the best perimeter defender they have. And then I look at the series itself other than that. Nick Nurse, right? I would rather have him on my sideline than Doc Rivers right now. And, you know, when the trade was made for James Harden, I think if, we were to, if you were to tell me, all right, the Sixers Raptors in the first round. I think we would all kind of said, all right, well, the Sixers probably have the best two players in the series. That's probably all you need to know. I don't know if that's a true statement right now. Joel Embiid is obviously the best player in this series, but the way that James Harden finished this season shooting 40% as a Sixer, I don't think it is a slam dunk or a fact that he is a better player than Fred Van Vliet right now or Pascal Siakam. So you add those things together, and I think this is a long series, and it's, it's one the Sixers could lose. Joe, it's funny you mentioned with James Harden because when the trade was done for Ben Simmons, I said, well, automatically Philly wins this trade because they have a player that's available and wants to play. But I thought long-term it would be an issue because would the James Harden from the Houston chuck him up days in the playoffs, taking bad shots, I think we remember that infamous game seven where it was just an, an abysmal situation. Is there a concern amongst Philly fans 
trust me, from being in Boston, I know it's very intense. Are they concerned that James Harden will get in the way of something that could be great? Yes, yes. And I, and I think even a, a long-term concern, because he is a, um, a pending free agent to be as a player option on his contract, that he could certainly decline and ask for a long-term deal. And, and we all know Daryl Morey. It's like, you know, James Harden is like a, a son to him. That hug they shared when he got off the, the private jet when he got to Philadelphia looked like family, a family kind of hug there. And the concern in Philadelphia is not just that Harden will scrub a playoff run this year, but that Daryl Morey is about to give him a five-year, $260 million max contract into his mid-30s. And if you've watched him try to get past anyone, dribble past anyone the last, you know, three weeks, you'd say this is no way you'd pay this guy $50 million a year. So, yeah, there's short-term concern. There's long-term concern. And, and look, I, you know, those issues back in his Houston days, there was probably a lot of stuff going on there. He was kind of the only guy trying to carry it for a lot of those years. And who knows if he was out of gas in the playoffs. Th- this is different. I, I just think he's in decline now. He, he, I mean, you'll see when the series starts, he doesn't dribble past people anymore. He can't dribble past other point guards. And for a guy who relies I mean, so much of his offense on getting to the basket in the free throw line, it's a problem. He's getting stopped and then, you know, taking mid-range or, or three-point shots that are, are off. Right now, his game is just not where it needs to be. We're talking with Joe Gillio of BetQL Daily. Joe, before we let you go, are there any plays you like on the slate today? I know it's very early, and I'll throw one out there just in case you don't have anything in mind. Phillies, Marlins, Kyle Gibson coming off a great first start for the Phillies where the Phillies are underdogs, plus 100 against Sandy Alcantara and the Marlins. Any plays you like? Do you like the Phillies today? You know what? I would probably go the other side, uh, Chelsea. The, the, the Phillies uh, came off a disappointing loss yesterday. Now they hit the road, first road game of the year, uh, and the Marlins come home for their home opener. Alcantara, I actually uh, bet him to be the wins leader in Major League Baseball. I, I think he uh, is a really good pitcher that had a kind of weird year luck-wise with wins and losses last year. So I took a flyer. If he's the same pitcher, he could lead MLB in wins. I like him a lot. Uh, clear pitching advantage, even though Gibson had his good first start, for me would be with Miami. Philly's bullpen yesterday was taxed because Aaron Nola only went three and a third. So no off day, tax bullpen on the road against a better pitcher. I would be on the Miami side today. Ooh, excellent point. Even though I will say I don't have a ton of faith in the Miami Marlins offense. For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.